Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm James Matsumontamagno. And I'm Michael Rivette. How's it going, buddy? It's going very, very good. How's it going with you, little world traveler over there? I am. I am a little world traveler. I am a uh, 100% completionist of Little Nightmares now. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm in Spain currently. Uh, next week I'll be in Sweden. I'm all over the place. So we are doing a little on the road. And I will say my Nintendo Switch has been an amazing travel companion. Not the best. Heather is definitely the best travel companion. But the Nintendo Switch uh, accompanied me on flights today on Ryanair. We also took a... Um, a big, uh, uh, it was called the Paddy Wagon across Ireland. It was one of those big tour buses. And I played a lot of Nintendo Switch and I downloaded some demos via the bus Wi Fi. So that was great. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's going well over here. That's pretty impressive using the bus Wi Fi to download, to download games. Yeah, it, it's, it was quite impressive. I'm glad that it worked. So, but yeah, how about you over there in uh, New York? I am not traveling the world, but I am playing a lot of Switch games. <laughs> So we've got that in common. <laughs> but yeah, I've just been plugging away. I've got a lot of work that I've been kind of doing where my business partner and I are starting a new uh, wall installation that we're doing chalk lettering and stuff for for a local restaurant. So I was kind of working on getting that all prepared. We also have a client that does, we're doing a map for a um, an aquarium, you know, how like you enter here and then this is the you know, display for the sharks and stuff like that. So we're doing a whole layout map for this aquarium in San Diego. So we've been, we've kind of had a lot of meetings and a lot of just like little projects going on. So it's been a busy week. Very cool. Lovely. Well, we have a lot to talk about. I know I want to get right into it. I do want to remind everyone that our Switch contest, our Nintendo Dispatch contest is still going. We're in like the last week. Uh, Head over to the show notes. There's a contest link there. All you got to do is follow the show on Twitter and tweet something out for a bonus entry. And you can win awesome Switch games uh, like Stardew Valley, uh, Celeste, and an awesome Switch carrying case. So go over there to NintendoDispatch.com to learn more. But yeah, let's run down the news. It's an exciting news week. Michael, you want to kick it off? I know you were excited for this one. It actually was a lot going on. One of the big things that happened this week was the Resident Evil came out for a cloud version in Japan. This is kind of interesting. This is actually really potentially exciting. Now, you can access this, but you're going to have mixed results. I've been watching a lot of YouTubers and reading a lot of reviews that people have tried. They'll change like their uh, location and then so they can access this game and stream it. But the problem is all of the servers are located in Japan. So it obviously is heavily impacted by your streaming and your ability to connect to them so they can usually get through the initial trailer like the intro video and then it cuts out and says you know the connection's unavailable but i think that this has a ton of potential for the switch by doing something like this you are potentially able to play any game any game on the switch because it's no longer dependent on the hardware of the machine. This reminds me a lot of what Nvidia is doing with GeForce Now. So anybody whether it's a Mac or a PC of any, you know, price point, you can pay for that service and all of the um, rendering is handled through their servers and then streamed to your computer. I think yeah. this is super exciting. I'm I'm mixed on this to be honest with you. I think it's cool because I have used used the GeForce now because I do have an Android TV that's based on the X1 chip. So it's actually the same chipset. So it's actually interesting that they're doing this. Um, you know, I, I think it's more like you're renting a game than actually buying a game. 
so I think if you're in that realm of like, hey, I'm going to be there and I know that I can only access these games at these certain times, like if I'm on the paddy wagon, I'm not going to really be able to stream the cloud version of Resident Evil 7, where if I download it, I guess I can. So I think that's my struggle is I play my Switch on the go more often than at home. So maybe I'm a Switch, different Switch user. Uh, but I do think it's really cool that someone's trying this and maybe like more games will come faster in this realm. I don't know. That's kind of my my inclination. I, I completely agree. I don't think that this is a an end-all be-all where this is the only way that we should be able to play games on the Switch. I think that this is a great solution for those really... Um, Game, those games that require a lot of power to be able to play them well. And I think that if that's something where it's a matter of you can either have this game on the Switch and but have to play it, you know, in your home when you have it docked versus not having it at all. I would definitely take the option to be able to play some games docked only, but I don't want all my games that way. Another argument that I, I keep reading is that essentially you're renting it. You don't own anything anymore. You're renting something. Um, there's been some fear or some pushback against the idea of, you know, in 20 years from now where we can play Mario Brothers, you can't play something that's going to be streaming from a server because that won't be running any longer. It's not something to me. I'm not a collector. I'm not somebody that feels passionate that I need to own it. I just want to play it, whether that's renting or whatever, temporary, because most times I beat the game and I never go back to it. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, really, when you look at it like, oh, if it's the decision between the Switch not getting it all or this being the option to do it, I guess I'd rather have that option, you know, especially for people that only own the Switch. So that's a good a good point. Well, something else happened in Japan this week that set the Internet abuzz, which is Nintendo officially released a dockless version of Japan as we uh, of the switch in Japan. Uh, it's called the second unit set. <laughs> That's what it's uh, optioned as. And it's about $45 cheaper. So about $228 is the yen conversion. So for us, it'd be like about 250 or so. Now, what's interesting here is that it does not, it comes with everything that your normal switch does, but it does not come with a dock or your HDMI cable or a power cable. It's just the switch, the joy cons and the straps, and that's it. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, I don't know when they released the new Nintendo 3ds and they're like, you get your 3ds, but you don't get a power cable because you already have one, you know, and that, that's kind of maybe the idea is that there's already a dock around and you already have additional USB cables to charge this thing or additional chargers. Uh, they have officially said that it's not coming to the U S and I put in our in our show notes, dot, 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 or so they say, but <laughs> who really knows? I think as we talked about in our last one of the episodes about the 3DS and its future, Nintendo wants to see the Switch in every household in multiple units per household. So this could be a way in the future to do it. And I could understand, you know, if you have a small household and, you know, like me, we're in a small apartment, you could easily have multiple without the multiple docks because we only have one TV. I think that's the biggest thing for us. I think I was reading that that's sort of the reason it's released only in Japan as well, because a lot of households have the one TV that was, I thought that was an interesting, you know, side note to why this is the second unit and there's no dock, there's no anything. I think it's smart. I think it's interesting that they put out the second unit for those families. We talked about this, I think last week, even that why is the 3DS still around? 
probably because it's a cheaper price point. So that's a better option for people that have more than one kid. But in this case, you're, you're driving those prices down. You may make it available. The only downside I see to this is the price difference isn't enough for me to justify it, especially when on Nintendo's website, they offer the dock for $80, $89.99. So it's kind of like, well, what's going on here? I'm only saving 45 bucks by buying it without it, but you charge almost $90 for it if I need to replace it later on. I don't like the idea of buying it without it. No, no way of charging whatsoever unless I have another dock. There's no cords. There's no nothing. Um, but what if I decide all of a sudden, oh, I would love to put this on the next my my bedroom TV or whatever my guest room TV. All of a sudden now I'm paying more than I would have had I just bought it. You know, in my opinion, buy the full priced and then sell it on eBay for sixty bucks if you're somebody that doesn't want the dock and. There you go. You sold it to somebody for cheaper and you made more in the long run than you would have anyway. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we were talking recently, too, about um, Overwatch and we got a little bit of Overwatch news. And I know, Michael, you're probably just waving around, just running up and down for joy over there. Yeah, well, it's not as much news as I would like it to be. I do play Overwatch. I enjoy it, but I would love the chance to play it on my switch and recently there was an interview with matthew hawley who's the senior game producer and quote he says that i think it's one of those things that we constantly evaluate where technology is going where the industry is going there are challenges in running on the platforms that we're not already on otherwise we would probably already be on some of those other platforms we'll see where things go certainly there is a huge number of people out there who have nintendo switch and mobile phones but right now the core development team is focused on supporting the live game um so uh, that seems like yeah yeah we're interested but probably not gonna happen guys so yeah yeah probably not gonna happen that's what uh it sounds like but at the same time blizzard is a huge company and e3 is coming up but uh I, don't know, I would love I mean, it could be cool and it would be a great platform for it the game is a lot of fun it, it the aesthetic fits what i would picture nintendo you know wanting on their platform so who knows i think it would just be some to pay attention to so we may not be getting overwatch michael uh but i do have high hopes that one of my favorite games that is getting remastered maybe will come to switch even though it was announced that it's not coming to switch but who knows uh one of my favorite games is killer seven which is from the GameCube era, which is an on-rail shooters from uh, Suda 5.1. It's an amazing, beautiful game that I still own for my GameCube. And uh, Suda 5.1, Capcom, and uh, Grasshopper Manufacturer came out and said they're remastering it for the uh, for Steam, which is really cool. Did you ever play Killer7 at all? No, I, I noticed that you had this in the notes, and I'm interested in, in looking into this, actually. Yeah, one of the times whenever Suda51 says something uh, and announces a game uh, for anything, I get really excited because the games are over the top. They are working on some Switch games. They mentioned nothing about Switch, but I thought it was interesting for any Killer7 fans out there. Hit me up on the Twitter because I'm really excited about it. Um, I don't know. That's just me. So maybe we'll get Overwatch. Maybe we'll get Killer7. Who knows? One thing for sure is we did get that long-awaited me online editor, Michael. It happened. I tweeted about it. Did you see my sweet me? I did. I, I'm so excited. I Yeah. 
Yep, that's all I'm going to say about that. You can go and edit it right now. But more importantly, you can go download Mario Tennis Aces online, which I'm about to do right after we finish uh, podcasting because the game's not out yet, but the online tournament is starting June 1st to June 3rd, and you can download it so you can actually start playing this upcoming weekend, which I'm totally going to do from Sweden. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I've got to try this out. They've been pushing this pretty hard, so it's either got to be amazing or Nintendo doesn't have a whole lot coming out. So they're really like, yeah, you guys want Mario Tennis Aces. I don't know. We'll see. This month, the NPDs have come out. And basically, it's telling us what all the Switch and 3DS physical copies and how they're selling. Number one for the month of April was the Labo, which you are a huge fan of, even though you only put one thing together. Um, <laughs> followed by Donkey Kong, Mario Kart, Super Mario, all the heavy hitters, everything, everybody, everybody knows. 3DS, it's still Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Now, for me, what's really interesting is when it starts getting into the best-selling games over the last 12 months. Um, and of this is all, if this is PlayStation, this is Xbox, this is all games. In fifth place is Super Mario Odyssey. Now, this is only physical, not digital, but that seems like a huge success to me because that's fifth place with only the Switch up against yeah. games that are selling on all the platforms. That's huge. That's huge. And even Mario Kart 8 breaches into the top 10, which is crazy. Yeah. So Nintendo has two games out of the top 10 for 12 months, and it's only selling on their platforms. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's very, very impressive. Now, speaking of bestsellers, we wanted to mention some of the bestsellers from last week's games. We we did forget. We didn't make our predictions, but I think we both probably would have lost Um so this week, topping it out again, Wizard of Legend, followed amazing. by Hyrule. It's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, Mega Man Legacy Collection number two, which is also interesting because I've heard collection number one is better. And then Stardew Valley, which that seems like a, just a permanent fixture in the top five bestsellers. <laughs> it never <laughs> changes. So Never. Would you have predicted of any of those? I think Mega Man was one that I, I would have said would be in there. Um, but I'm, I'm amazed Wizard of Legend is still in that in that list. I'm I'm surprised Wizard of Legend is still up there. And uh, I'm really surprised that I mean, I thought Hyrule. I mean, it's just in the new Nintendo game. So I thought that would be up there in just number one spot. Mm. And I think honestly, we did miss last week. We forgot to talk about Blundstained Curse of the Moon coming out. And I probably would have put it in the top 10. I wouldn't know about the top five. And uh, I was going to recap before we go into this week's releases, two games that did sneak out, which are Bloodstained Curse of the Moon and Pixel Junk Monsters 2. And Bloodstained Curse of the Moon is really interesting. I was a Kickstart, a Kickstart backer of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Uh, if you don't know about these games, these are coming from the creators of Castlevania. So uh, I wanted to go back to his roots uh, of Castlevania, and they weren't really letting him make classic Castlevania games anymore. So uh, he just went off and did his own Kickstarter and, and made his own thing. Now, what's this is kind of a mini game that was promised before the full game that was supposed to come out about two years ago. So, you know, we're pretty far behind and it's an, an eight bit classic game. It really looks like it. We talked about this, that it was coming out. Uh, now what's interesting here is that it is 
And even though I was a Kickstarter backer, I still don't have my codes, so I haven't played it yet, so I can't comment on it. <laughs> and I got the email that said, we'll get our codes eventually, unless we want our Steam codes today. And I don't want my Steam codes, I want my Switch codes. Um, so there's that. Uh, Pixel Junk Monsters 2, which is a tower defense game, also came out last week, and there is a demo available, so you should totally check that out, because that game's super cool uh, in general. I downloaded the demo, been been checking it out. So Yeah, I like the feel of that game. It's, it's kind of a funny... Um, tiki style look to it which i think is not something you see very often so i thought that was pretty interesting as far as bloodstain i'm kind of confused by it. i i get that it's by the same creator but how is it legal that it's basically castlevania like it's really really close i feel like that's got to be taken down at some point so you might want to get those codes soon <laughs> i just I mean, it, it- it is. It's basically yeah, it is Castlevania. Let's yeah, just be honest with that. It is yeah. dead on. And it's just like, whew, that's 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 ballsy. I mean, that's a direct uh, copy there. So just going right. for it. Yeah, just going for it. So <laughs> that was last week. We missed those. They're out now. You know, buy them up. All right, Michael, those were some of the games we missed last week, but what's coming out this week? So this week, May 29th, we've got a whole bunch of games coming out. Right off the bat, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Edition. This is 12 games in one. It's going for $40 a pop. Uh, Seems pretty interesting. I don't know about you. I played some of those Street Fighter games. I've got a lot of games to play right now, so I don't need this, but it's something I probably would pick up at one point. Yeah, it's I do love Street Fighter. This has all one through three Street Fighters and the Alpha series. I do like the Alpha series a lot. I just don't know if I need 12 Street Fighters in my life right now. That's my problem. <laughs> exactly. It's not something that I need this moment. Maybe, you know, holiday time, the price will maybe drop on that or when it goes on the sale list. That's when I'll grab it. It's not something I need at the moment. Now, I know this next one you're super pumped for, pre-ordered already. It- Ikaruga. 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 I've, I don't know how Ikaruga, you actually right? pronounce it. Ikaruga? Ikaruga. Ikaruga? Ikaruga. I think so. I mean, I'm pretty excited about this game just because it is a it, you know a throwback from my, my GameCube days. It is a classic shmup. Um, I already pre-ordered it. It's downloaded. It's waiting for me to play in about 24 hours. I'm stoked. So uh, definitely will get it. Nice. I love RPGs, and this one seems like a real meta, kind of weird, funny game. Knights of Pen and Paper Deluxe. It's basically you're playing an RPG, but you're playing as the people playing a pen and paper RPG. So you're like leveling those people up and you're making their decisions. I think it just seems really kind of weird and different. It's kind of fun. Harvest Moon Light of Hope is going to be for $39.99. Yucca's Island Express or Yucca's Island Express. This seems actually kind of interesting. It's basically a platforming pinball game where you're a bug and you're trying to is it are you trying to deliver something or are you trying to work just work your way through the world but it's just beautiful the art style of it is gorgeous it's extremely pretty and it seems just sort of lighthearted and fun the trailer has just some awesome music going and i hope that's in the game as well uh really really interesting yeah and you know we love we love pinball at nintendo dispatch so when i saw this i was like hmm, maybe i'll actually get this it does look cool yeah no i i i felt the same way i was kind of like 
not into it until I saw that trailer and it, it kind of hooked me. Another game that I think is really, really interesting is Die for Valhalla. It basically is if you took Don't Starve and Castle Crashers and just kind of made them have a baby. The trailer is super funny. It looks like something that is definitely worth checking out. Then Legend of K Anniversary, Fallen Legion, Rise of Glory, Shift Quantum. So that's everything for May 29th. Then we have a whole bunch more of good stuff for May 31st. You have Neo Geo Ninja Combat, Defoliation, Dragon Lapis, which is a 3DS game, 10 bucks. Icy, a 2D side-scrolling action game. John, Johnny, I, these these titles are ridiculous sometimes. Johnny Turbo's Arcade Joe and Mac Caveman Ninja. That was one title. You know Johnny Turbo is from TurboGrafx FX, like some game, but Johnny Turbo is actually was based off of a real person. And like that person like owns this Johnny Turbo's arcade thing or like I, it's like some weird background that's why the the story the whole thing behind it is like crazy go away oh go and wiki that's why it. it's got to have that crazy story like name mm, yeah gotcha yeah. yeah then there's just shapes and beats lost sea massed forces which is wii u game for three dollars it's i'm in <laughs> it's a it's a deal now this one i think is kind of funny Mila Noir. So like it's like Milan. So I guess Milan Noir. Milan Noir. And it's basically a it's an action game, but it's inspired by Italian crime like movies from the 70s. And to me, it looks very reminiscent of a top-down GTA game, you know, from one of the earlier, I think one and two had that top-down look. It it kind of has that feel, but also looks like um the Death Row to Canada. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it looks funny the trailer is hilarious and i saw some of the gameplay and it's just it's definitely an adult game but um it just looks kind of interesting i watched the trailer for this one too and i was like actually taken back by it and i think it maybe is from an italian developer i'm not positive but yeah you mean you described it perfectly and it might be one if i finish all the other games that i've currently purchased which is way too many maybe i'll i'm putting this definitely on my uh watch list yep it's going on mine as well because it it I this one kind of flew under the radar and it looks like it definitely needs to be out there. There's also Pirate Pop Plus, Quad Fighter K, Smoke and Sacrifice, and West of Loathing, which kind of is pretty interesting. It's a role-playing western, but you play as like a stick man. So yeah. it's it's it looks really different than a lot of what we're seeing. That one might be fun to check out. It's eleven bucks. I mean, going through this list, I was definitely like some big hitters coming out early in the week, like Ikaruga. Like there is a new Harvest Moon, so like that's really cool. I mean, I don't know. I mean, with Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon's really gotta up the game. And there's a lot of like really interesting games this week. I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm all in for Ikaruga. I only like to buy one game a week, tops if any, you know, type of game. And and I did pre-order the Ikaruga. So I don't know. Is there anything that you're on this list? Like I'm gonna get this. There's a couple games I'm interested in, but nothing that I feel the need to buy right now. I've got a game that I'm currently playing that's got me hooked. So. 
this is this list has got a few that's getting added to the wish list, but nothing I'm picking up. You know why I bought Ikaruga as well is the one thing about Ikaruga is that it was really meant to be played vertical. Uh, mm-hmm. The actual landscape for it, it's very like arcade style, long vertical cabinet, very similar to Pinball FX, you know, Zen Pinball. And with Pinball FX, I actually 3D printed a vertical dock for my Switch. So I can take the the Switch off of my dock, take off the Joy-Cons, and then I can, um, you know, make it vertical. And a lot of the pinball games have a little button that you can switch the entire screen to vertical mode and dock your your Switch this way. So I'm really interested to see if iKaruga will have that so I can play iKaruga vertically like like it was intended. So that's kind of why I'm really interested in it. We should sell those on our <laughs> website. I feel like a lot of people would love to have that option. That's really cool. So that's the stuff that's coming out this week. But more importantly, what everyone has been dying for is what we've been playing, Michael. And we've both been playing and talking a whole lot about some frustrating games that we've both been playing. But I don't want to start there because last week I bought a game as we were recording. I pre-ordered Automine, Automini, Automian, however it is. I don't know how to pronounce games. We don't know how to pronounce games on Nintendo Dispatch. That is for sure. Now, what's unique about this game is that it's a twin stick shooter. And to me, that was unique because I didn't see very many other twin stick shooters on the Switch and had pretty good reviews on Steam and the company looked really cool, Broken Arm Games. And to me, it was like this really cool hacking game that you're playing as this cube and the cube is like hacking the Gibson or something. I don't know. It's like hacking the planet and you make your way through all these different levels and you upgrade. There's all these crazy upgrades for the little the little box Uh, that you're playing as, but everything's randomly generated, which I love, but then hate. Because as you're progressing through the game, you're like, oh, this is fun. And then you die and then you have to start everything over. So it's like one stream of like eight or nine levels and boss battles, which are really fun. But then you're like, oh, and now I play again and everything's all different. And randomly generated levels seems like a great idea, but then it also is kind of bad because sometimes just things get mashed together in, in general. And like... For instance, you'll be in a starting point, but then your power-up's right there. But you're like, is my power-up supposed to be there? I don't know. Oh, so you think it's broken? I think with any randomly generated level, if you don't put some of that logic into your randomly generatedness, then you're going to have some issues. Gotcha. So it's like, okay. It's okay. It's it's like I'm having fun with it, but I'm not probably going to play it a whole lot. So the whole idea of it being randomly generated is lost on you because you you're most like you're playing it once anyway. So if it were just like a, a an actually designed level, that would have been better off. Oh yeah, exactly. That that's that's my my thing. Yeah, and you also picked up a game. I did. So at the end of our podcast last week, I we had talked a lot about battle chasers as well as wizard of legend and both of them sounded really good to me so i put out a twitter poll asking our listeners to say all right what is the next game i'm buying and battle chasers won and i have got to say i am so happy this game won i am loving it it is fantastic so battle chasers started as a comic and that is very evident in the art style of the game itself. It it translates really, really well. It's beautifully done. Um, just a lot of fun. It's a very classic RPG, you know, turn-based combat style. The characters are all just 
really interesting looking. I really like the characters. I've only got probably, I'm trying to think, maybe 25-ish hours into it so far. Uh, maybe even a little bit less than that. But I've it, it is just a lot of fun. The writing is is very funny. The music in it is just fantastic. It really sort of complements and offsets what the game has going on. So you'll go up to these boss battles and like this really just kind of like I, I can't even I can't even put a finger on the sound. It's just sort of like this. You almost sit there and you're kind of like tapping your foot to it. It's just sort of poppy and just kind of upbeat and. Um, I will say that there's a couple little, and I think it's switch related, but there's a couple little, 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 um, like loading, not loading, but little hiccups when something is loading. So it'll, you, you walk up and you go into a battle and it like the screen cracks and then like kind of falls apart and that's how the battle starts. Mm. But every once in a while, like if it's a bigger boss battle, it does load there and you'll see like it kind of like it, it'll hiccup a little bit. Nothing that ruins uh, the game. There's nothing, there's no crazy load times where you're like, God, you know, this makes me hate this game. But there is that little thing. Other than that, it works perfectly, whether it's docked or handheld. I am loving it. So happy that our listeners voted for that because it's a blast. Wow. And it is in the top 10 selling list this week. So it's been slowly creeping up, which is really cool. I kind of want to check it out. I did see it went on sale at Best Buy. So maybe I'll grab it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty interesting. And and I like RPGs. I've been looking for something that's going to give me, you know, because I played uh, SteamWorld Dig and I played some of these games and I loved them, but I only, you get 10 hours out of it and then it's like, okay, well, I need a new game. This feels like it's got a little more legs to it. I can play it for a little bit longer, 40, 50 hours. So I'm into that. I'm really excited excited for that nice nice well we did play some demos that are out there on the eShop. uh the first one i played i don't think you did but this is uh uh sushi what is it called sushi strikers thank you uh sushi strikers uh this is a new game from nintendo it's coming on the 3ds and the switch uh, it's from nintendo and indies zero and this is a really funny quirky game uh it's a it's like a puzzle game i guess it's a match three but you're matching sushi the whole game is ridiculous and over the top anime style uh the whole like, concept is that sushi was banished and there was big struggles uh during the sushi struggles and no one can eat sushi anymore and it's like mystic and whatnot and you play as this character i play as musashi which is funny because that's a sushi restaurant that's pretty close to where i live in seattle um which is quite entertaining and it has these really dramatic cutscenes. They're all classic anime style with voiceovers. Uh, and the whole concept is that s- conveyor belt sushi is going across and you have to, you're battling somebody. So you want to match light colored sushi and light color plates together and you have different power ups and then you release them. Now, this can be done in touchscreen mode or with the Joy-Cons, which are actually more complicated than the touchscreen, which I almost think it may work better on the 3DS. So, I don't know. It comes out on June 8th. There's a free demo. The demo will run you about 20, 30 minutes. Uh, quite quite fun. Highly recommend uh, checking it out, especially if you like high-paced act, you know, puzzle-type games. Um, yeah. I, I, I like that. I didn't get to that one, but I did get to Happy Birthdays. Now, this game is... And I think you played this as well, but this is a sandbox game where essentially you're creating an environment that other animals can, I guess, 
have be born from so it, mm-hmm. so essentially you start with like let's say it's the you know the just the normal the easy world has water and grass and all these like things to promote life so you you need to change that environment maybe raise it up lower it down raise the temperature add m- materials like to allow these other creations to kind of grow and as you do that you keep moving through the game because that's how that's what you're trying to that's the goal and i think you eventually create more complex life forms i didn't get that far because the game was a little overwhelming at first and i just wanted to get back to battle crashers or battle chasers but i i think it's really interesting and i do want to spend some time on it because i think it's kind of um something again you could you spend a lot of time and really be playing around with I booted it up and I was like, oh, I don't know what's happening. And then I deleted it. <laughs> All right. So, yes, you did have the same thought as me because it is it is overwhelming because there's a lot of things you can make. Um, but it it was just like, wow, there's this is this is going to take some time. You got to put some time in early on to really understand how it works. Somebody is going to love this game. Somebody's going to love it. And it's from the creator of Harvest Moon. Um, but somebody's gonna love it. I am not that somebody, and I, I couldn't do it. There, it was too much happening. Nice. So, speaking of games, somebody doesn't love. I don't know how much detail we want to get into it because we did speak about this game last week. But you and I have recently beat Little Nightmares, but also almost finished. You've you've finished with the downloadable content. I'm still working on it. I'm almost done with it. I wanted to just kind of touch base with you again one more time to get your thoughts on this game. We will be putting out a complete review, um, but I, I need to finish the DLC because it, it does add a lot to the game. So I think that it would be a disservice to put out a review without finishing that. But what's your what's your take now that you're done? Yeah, I was addicted to beating this game. Uh, I beat Six's Story, which is the original game, and The Kid is the DLC. I didn't really realize how it was originally released, which was the first game and then chapters for the DLC, which would have really annoyed me, and I probably wouldn't have played all of them. Uh, But since we got the complete collection on the Switch, it's there. Now, we talked about the load times. We talked about some of the frustrating things. Pro tip, I put the brightness all the way up on this game. I just put it all the way up. I said, let me see everything. Uh, And, you know, I continue to enjoy this game, but it's a game that continuously frustrates me and then aggravates me and then love again and then aggravate it. Like I'm in a love hate relationship. I am enjoying the, I enjoyed, I would say kids story almost more than Six's story, which is interesting. And that could be because you're rehashing a lot of the areas that were from the original story. But I also think that the interactions with, uh, the gnomes are way more interesting. You're these little gnome characters, which you only get to see in the first story. You're actually interacting with, uh, and I will say I'm not going to spoil anything here. But the end of uh, Little Nightmares, uh, the DLC, uh, is the saddest ending of one of, of any game I've played as of recent. I almost started crying. It was so sad. It was, you know, t- I started tearing up because it was so sad. But I I got so frustrated with some of the puzzles. I just had at one point I just opened the walkthrough. I was like, just tell me how to beat this game because I just, I just <laughs> want to beat this freaking thing. <laughs> I just want it over yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on pretty much every point. It is sort of a love hate. Um, <clears throat> I've gone through. I've apparently there is a comic that the developer put out for this, as well as on their site 
more details about the game. So there's characters throughout this game that you come across that there there's no dialogue. There's no very little cinematics. There's very little anything that kind of helps tell the story other than giving you a few pieces that you put together. Um, so you meet these people and it, but you can go on the website and say, okay, oh, that's the janitor. That's the whatever. That's the lady. Um, which is okay, fine. It's helping me flesh out the story. The comic helped to flesh out the world. I do believe that the DLC material is fleshing it out way more than anything else that I've come across so far. I completely agree. Kid is more interesting than six in in my opinion, because I just, I feel for kid more. I don't think I like six. I don't think we're supposed I'm not even sure we're supposed to like six. I'm not even sure six is a good person. So <laughs> like it's, it's really strange that the DLC is, is like better than the story you would have originally, you know, like in, in theory, it's meant to be a companion to it. And it's like, Oh, it helps. But in this case, it re- is redeeming the game in my opinion, because it's telling the story from a different perspective. And I love seeing, Oh, that happened for six because kid did it when he went through, you know? So like, there's like those little inner weavings that are kind of going back and forth. That's super interesting to me. That's what's making me still kind of push to get this game done. But I will say I despise the fact that this is um, sort of a, a trial, you know, like die and then try something else, die, try something else. It, that's the only way you get through the game. There, you it it totally removes any sort of protective uh, feeling towards the character because you just know you have to kill them in order to figure out how to get past the part because nothing in the environment's telling you this is what you're supposed to be doing. And in my opinion, if you have a game where you're playing essentially hide and go seek to get away from these evil people. I want to care about the character I play as. And if the game is built around the idea of just killing me over and over and over and over again, so I can figure out the stupid quote unquote puzzle. Um, I, I just don't, I, it, it removes me from the game. It makes me no longer care. And then as you said, those load times make it even harder to want to jump right back in. If it was instant and it was just like five second load time, boom, I'm back in the action five seconds. I wouldn't be so annoyed by the trial and error that happens in this game, but because it is 45 seconds of waiting around, that makes it really hard to kind of go back, especially when the, the game is not telling you anything about it. And it feels like a laziness on the part of the developers that they, you know, in, in, in their own words said, we gave very little, there's no cinematics, there's no this, there's no that, because we want the, the user, the game player to kind of add their own mystery. That is BS. That just feels like poor storytelling. That's like saying we didn't put words in a book because we just want you to fill in your own story. Like, no, I'm buying it because you're telling me the story. I'm not filling it in for myself. So I'm very torn on it. I'm almost done. Um, I I think it's beautiful. It's a $5, $10 game tops in my opinion because wow. the atmosphere alone is the only thing that's worth playing. I think the gameplay is extremely frustrating. Wow. Interesting. We have interesting yeah, well, you're going to have to wait, everyone, for a full review breakdown uh, to really get our, our nitty-gritty on this. And it's fun when we both get to play because we both get to review it. All right, buddy. We've gone way too long. We've taken way too many breaks, but we have some great content. We hope that you have a great 
week of playing all these spectacular games. This has been your Nintendo Dispatch for the week of May 28th. Don't forget to enter our contest and follow us on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast. So until next week, this has been another Nintendo Dispatch.